0: Welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I am the editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com and I write a syndicated automotive column for Bay Area News Group. My colleague is Bruce Aldrich and today we have as our guest Julie Blackley who is a communications manager for iccars.com. Welcome Julie, how you doing and where, where have we found you today? I am doing very well,
1: thank you. Thank you for having me
0: on. Yeah. Are you, are you in New York today?
1: Uh, I am based outside of Boston.
0: Um, well, can you tell us a little bit as a, a starting point? Uh, is uh, Tell us a little bit about IC Cars and what you do there, um, and then we'll get into this great survey that, that was distributed a while back. Sure. So
1: IC Cars is an automotive, automotive research firm and car search engine. So our car search engine is, um, I guess, it runs on big data analytics. So we're constantly using data and crunching numbers to help people find the best used car deals. And with all the data that we have, we issue studies every month on topics that we feel are beneficial to consumers who are looking to purchase cars.
0: Great! It's it's
2: interesting stuff. It, you're giving the shop away, or do you do you sell it to vendors as well?
1: Uh, I'm sorry. Do, um.
2: I mean, it's data? it's free on the website. Yeah.
1: It is. Yep. So our uh, everything on our site is free. Our um, car search engine, and we also have um, some reports that you know car shoppers can use. Um, apps they can use that are for free.
0: That's great. I think that uh, the study that I I've looked at others in the past, but the one that, that we're looking at today is on um, depreciation and of course the cars with the highest and lowest depreciation. Um, and of course some of them are very logical, some of them are surprising. So we're, we're looking at the one that's um, at the top of the screen, for example, it's a good place to start. And um, can you take us through, I'm uh, looking at the top 10 vehicles with the lowest depreciation. Uh, Jeep Wrangler, Jeep Wrangler, Toyota Tacoma, Toyota Tundra. So could you take us through and, and uh, educate us on what you found about the depreciation of these vehicles and um, what, what it means to the buyer, of course?
1: Sure. So as some further context, um, we do, like I said, we do studies monthly. So we've looked at depreciation on cars for a few time frames. We've done, done it after one year. We've done it after three years. And this study looked at depreciation after five years. And we thought that that was significant because the average person who purchases a new car tends to hold on to it um, around six years. So we wanted to you know, give information on when people are turning these cars in, what they, they can expect for a resale value. And then on the flip side of that, um, for people who are looking at used cars, they can see which ones kind of present the best bargain. So after five years, you can find a car with a significantly lower price than what you would pay for when you purchase it. Now. So, um, as you mentioned, the cars with the lowest depreciation. So the average car after five years depreciates fifty point two percent. So that's pretty significant that it loses half of its value just after five years, and. Among the cars with the lowest depreciation of the top ten, we had six pickup trucks.
0: So I can go. I can go through those one by one if you'd like. Um, or uh, just well, I'll, I'll just list them right off the top of the the top ten okay. is the the Jeep Wrangler Unlimited, yep. Yep. the Jeep Wrangler, okay. the Toyota Tacoma, the Toyota yep. Tundra, Nissan Frontier, Toyota 4Runner, Chevrolet Silverado 1500, GMC Sierra 1500. Subaru Impreza Mm -hmm. and the Ram uh, pickup truck 1500 so yeah, Yeah. six six pickup trucks So what what Mm -hmm. in general terms? What does that mean? durability
1: Yeah, so durability is a big thing Um, people also tend to Hold on to their pickup trucks for a long time So when we talk about cars with the highest appreciation a lot of those are cars that are often leased, which means that there isn't a supply of them in the used marketplace, but that is not the case of pickup trucks. So they're durable, they, they're rugged, they maintain their value, people tend to hold on to them. And the same for SUVs, and a lot of these SUVs are truck-based SUVs, so they have the same you know, durability as trucks. And Jeeps specifically, that are the top two models, you don't get more rugged than Jeeps, which are, you know, off-road vehicles, so they, since they're durable, they maintain their value as well. And it's also important to note on this list that there's a vehicle that stands out, which is the Subaru Impreza, which is the ninth vehicle, and obviously that's not a truck or an SUV. It's a compact car, and um, it has four-wheel drive, and it's probably the only compact car that offers standard all wheel drive. So it's unique in that in that sense and it is a popular vehicle which explains why it has a low depreciation.
2: Popularity probably has a lot to do with it. Right. But how exactly. do you how do you determine the value? Do you look at what what sales have been or I mean like yep. Kelly Blue Book or what do you where do you get your data?
1: Yep. So um, our car search engine we we look at listings so we have dealer partners that provide us with listings so this data specifically is um, we look at the listing price for these cars I, and I, calculate the average
2: so you actually you can uh, I guess what we're looking at right now is just an overall for the, the country but you actually break it down by mm-hmm. um, somehow into geographic locations too because you know a jeep in colorado might be worth more than i don't know california or mm-hmm. something
1: exactly yep so we we do have a section of the study that looks at um, the rankings of the, the highest and lowest appreciated vehicles by state and also by a geographic location
2: so for the uh, used car buyer, this is good information. And of course, a uh, potential new car buyer, it's, it's excellent, mm-hmm. excellent information to know what their car is right. going to be worth. Yep, Exactly.
0: One of the things I've been asked uh, as a car reviewer in recent years is I've, uh, I get asked, you know, what, what car should I buy? And, uh, you know, impossible question to answer because there's so many factors involved. But one of right. the things I've told a number of people that they should look at, Um, Hyundai and Kia and the first question that I always get followed up the the follow-up question always is well what about you know what about resale what about depreciation and so I always say well you know they're vastly improved and so on and so forth but I think Mm -hmm. your study and other studies would would give people a lot of information if they let's say they've heard about Kia or Hyundai and they're still very Mm -hmm. hesitant uh, to consider those cars because they don't have uh, a longevity or any history with with resale. So that's another area where um, a car that isn't as popular, you you could go to your Mm -hmm. site and say, well, yeah, we have all this information on a Kia Hyundai Sonata or a Kia Forte or whatever it might be. So how about some of the newer brands? Mm -hmm. What have you learned about some of the newer brands? Yep. So this study
1: specifically, we were looking at cars from the 2013 model year yes and to your point um honda and kia i mean it's in recent years that they're you know topping the rankings whereas in 2013 that might not necessarily have been the case but another interesting thing about honda and kia is that they have a tremendous warranty so because of that warranty people i think it's like 10 years Um, i don't know the specifics but as a result of that warranty, people probably hold on to those cars for longer, so you don't see as many of those in in the used car marketplace. But I think as we continue to do these studies in a few years, I think that there will be an emergence of Kias and Hyundais on here.
0: Yes. Another thing I noticed is um, in recent years, of course, they've been around for a while, is, is the um, increased number of... Uh, alternative fuel vehicles, n- now including mm-hmm. hydrogen vehicles. And of course we have, um, the the Prius lineup has been around for a while and now we have a whole variety of manufacturers. So what um, what surprises you, if, if there have been any surprises about the depreciation and, and um, studies of those particular cars? Right, so um, when we look at the
1: highest depreciating cars, the top two are the Nissan Leaf and the Chevy Volt. And again, these are cars from the 2013 mile uh, model year when um, people weren't as confident about the technology. Mm. so we're seeing steep depreciation on those vehicles because you know the EV specifically new technology, the battery life keeps improving so people aren't going to want to pay a high premium for outdated technology in this case. So that, that's one factor to steep depreciation. And also they they haven't become as popular as traditional fuel vehicles. So again, this is something that we can track over time, but for now we're seeing um, a few reasons for the steep depreciation. But um, a lot of manufacturers have committed to some even are having want to have a completely green lineup in a few years. So I, we're going to see even more models in a few years and think that the depreciation will eventually, you know, level out and not be as steep.
2: I see. As you mentioned, those two electric cars, um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering, I don't see Tesla, at least on this first page. Right. Can you search cars and find Tesla? And how did Tesla... Is it similar to the Leaf, or is it better? Do you know?
1: So, we we actually did, we have um, an electric vehicle specific section and, you know, Tesla, they they report their sales differently, so um, we had to do some digging to get the Tesla models, but we found that Tesla depreciates, you know, better than, um, than the Leaf and the Volt, so the average five-year depreciation of a Model S is 57.3%, which is still higher than average, but it is better than, it's not going to land on the highest
0: depreciation, sure. highest depreciating list. If, if you if you are working for Edmunds or Kelly Blue Book or one of the other big automotive sites and they they review a, recal, a car and they give it a sterling review or they don't particularly like a car, um, I imagine those companies, have their own relationships with manufacturers and, and maybe they hear from them, maybe they don't. In, in your case, in, in IC cars, If mm-hmm. do you get feedback from the manufacturers and uh, do they ever uh, question what you guys have come up with or are stats stats? Um,
1: stats are stats. We pride ourselves on being unbiased. Um, if you look you know, at our studies, we have so many different um, topics and of course, there are certain brands that you know are always are often high performers like toyota you know they're known for their reliability but um we will see so for instance toyota will, will use some of our staffs in their commercials um but we've never i mean since to my knowledge we've never um been our data has never been challenged i think um General consumers have given us feedback because people are very protective of their vehicles. So you know, <laughs> yeah. um, our, our study doesn't align with how they feel. They let us know, but for the most part, um, we get overwhelmingly strong feedback, and we're very we're clear about our methodology. And in the case of this study, we researched over 3.6 billion new cars, uh, and new and used cars. So we have significant data to back our claims up so in that regard it's we're not you know challenged that much
2: I see your site also has a, a car search engine if you're looking to buy a car mm-hmm. um, that's interesting as well so you can actually link and it'll spit out you know kind of like a an Edmunds type uh, right cars that are for sale
1: yes so so, um, we are started off as a car search engine and we we're run by we're powered by big data analytics and it's that that data that um, allows us to run these studies so it's the same you know kind of points that we make in our studies are the points that when, people, when consumers are using our car search engine, that they're able to reference you know, these studies and other points
2: about a vehicle to help them make an informed purchase decision. Have you had any, uh, you know, James just asked about negative impacts or, or them complaining mm-hmm. about the study. Does anybody go to you and thank you like Jeep and, and put that in an ad or, or whatever? Can, can we use your uh, data? Do they go that
1: way? Yeah. Yes, so we've had manufacturers, um, you know, post our studies to social channels and their blogs. So, um, we, we've had them shared, um, to my knowledge, they haven't, you know, reached out to us and thanked us. Because,
2: <laughs> Got it. Um, okay. You know,
1: it's, the results speak for themselves. but. Yes, we do. We are, you know, validated in some way by by seeing these automakers
0: share our data. I noticed uh, that you were kind enough to forward some information about uh, the, the San Francisco uh, Bay Area, where the Weekly Driver is located in Sacramento. But we spend a lot of time uh, in the Bay Area, and um, I work for a couple of publications in that that area. So, looking at the information from San Francisco, and and I I think it includes, you know, several different cities in that area. What strikes you about that data and research that you've done that might be different than a national average, or um, does it correspond? Yeah, so we do see um, there are some
1: trends that that occur nationally, so Jeep did well and in a bunch of metro areas, but we do see differences in um, coastal areas as opposed to the Midwest, like there are a lot more trucks in the Midwest. Um, We see more hybrid vehicles in coastal area, but in terms of San Francisco, um, the results were, I mean, some models were different, but the trends were the same as the national as
0: the national data the weekly driver podcast gets support from americanmuscle.com your late model mustang and f-150 authority bringing you the hottest products and top-notch customer service for over a decade no one makes it easier to modify your ride visit americanmuscle.com today yeah we're looking i'm looking at the chart now and uh the uh, Fiat little Fiat five hundred seventy six percent depreciation over five years that does not bode well for well that's for the that's the e model that's, that's the, the e model yeah that's the e model the yes one. thanks yeah. Bruce for that and then and there are some others the Nissan Leaf which is what we talked about previously and the Chevy Volt and Mercedes Benz E Class and the BMWs mm-hmm. um, those yeah. those are all of that all the, the highest depreciation cars over five years are well above. Uh, the 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 best of the worst is at sixty four point three percent. that's that's an extraordinary number. Um, it doesn't give those cars a very good um, grades at all. Um, and then some of the lower lower ones tie into the the national average um, in the San Francisco Bay Area and also in the Sacramento area where we located where we are located with the pickup trucks and and SUVs. So in that respect, um, San Francisco and and Sacramento align with some national averages right
2: well yes they they, it's got to be a toyota or a honda apparently in the bay area
0: Yeah, that's right that's right Uh, um so what what else would you say that we should be aware of with with these statistics um do you find that in the midwest that um the numbers are completely dominated by cars that you might be expected that would be purchased by, um, you know, farmers and and people doing more agriculture? And uh, does that all line up properly uh, with things that you might expect in certain parts of the country?
1: Yes. So one thing that I should note is that um, in our study, we included the top 20 populous DMAs in the 20 largest states. Yes. some like very rural areas you didn't have enough of a sample
0: size yes so I think um, in the,
1: the areas where we'd expect you know to see um, vehicles that lend themselves to rural living we didn't have enough data there but um, by the data that we do have we are seeing like a lot of a lot of SUVs across the country um, and when we drilled down in the data, there were like a lot sedans were more prevalent in like coastal and urban areas.
0: Yes. Opposed
1: to rural areas, which one could expect.
0: Gotcha. The, the rural
2: areas, probably not a lot of uh, convertibles, sports cars, right. and uh,
0: compacts.
1: Yes, and EVs especially.
0: Yes. That's right. Now, looking at your look, all this great information, and I'm and I'm. What comes to mind for me also is that um, the buying habits of people. I'd have to go to a corresponding site and, and ask, and maybe you could enlighten us on some level. How, how important do you think people um, consider depreciation when they're either buying a new or a used car? I've I've read different studies over the years that still the most important factor for some people is the color as opposed to the practicality or the efficiency or the gas mileage and so what what have you learned if you have about the importance of depreciation for for car buyers um i think that it isn't and it's not you
1: know a person's like primary motivation for buying a car but i think that it is evidence. So if they're looking at a particular model, if they see that it has a low depreciation, I think that helps factor into their decision. And I think that in terms of, you know, if someone's looking for, it depends on the vehicle type as well. Yes. So, you know, SUVs hold their value, trucks hold their value. So when you look at pickup trucks, there really isn't, while we do rank the trucks, there isn't that much of of a variance um, among the trucks. Um, and I think it also depends on a, per- a person's the consumer or buying habits. So if there's someone who plans on holding on to a car for 10 to 50 years, the depreciation wouldn't play as much of a role as someone who's planning on trading it in after five years. Gotcha. So it's important to you know when you're making these car decisions to anticipate, and well, it's hard to do sometimes, but you should try to be as proactive and anticipatory as possible, um, and that can help you guide guide the guide your decision and make the best one.
0: Okay, at the risk of putting you on the spot a little bit, can you tell us a little bit more about the great name of? of the, the company, where it came from. I've, I've been curious about that for a while. Uh, so where did, where, how did the, who came up with iccars.com and, and what a fantastic uh, name for, for a company. <laughs> oh,
1: that's, that's great to hear. I'll have to relay that to our CEO. Mm-hmm. So IC Cars started in 2013, and the acronym IC, so it's I-S-E-E, stands for the Internet Search Engine for Everything.
0: I had no idea. Thank you for that. Yeah. Of course it yeah, does. So of course it. Not it's,
1: a lot of people know that. We that's the known entire, that. extremely insider information that you have. That's,
0: that's what <laughs> it to you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, and the second part of the putting you on the spot is can you reveal uh, what the next survey might be and what should we be looking for from from IC cars uh, down the road a little bit to use that analogy. What what's on the horizon for your uh, For your vast uh, search engine and all the numbers of stats that you guys come up with, I love it.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh So, the next study that we're working on for the month of November, we're putting the finishing touches on it now. We're looking at, and this is something that we that we haven't quite done before. So, all of our studies we run annually. Yes. And this this is kind of a take on something we've done previously, but um, we haven't done. Exactly. So we're going to be looking at CPO cars, so certified pre-owned cars, and we're going to look at the premiums across the make and model level. So for consumers who are looking at used cars, um, I think the average consumer probably doesn't have much of an idea of how much extra they would pay for, for a CPO. So we're letting them know that they can get one for as little as you know. In some cases, it can be 150 dollars extra. So I know that that public opinion is mixed on CPOs. So we're not you know gonna take a firm stance on that, but we are gonna let consumers know that they can get added peace of mind for um, and for a little a little extra cost and what that cost is.
2: What makes a car certified? And how do, how is that determined? Do you know?
1: Yep. So every so, so CPO cars, they have extended warranties that are backed by manufacturers. So the each oh, okay. manufacturer has different criteria, but the general gist is that they so CPO cars undergo a a rigorous inspection. So um, they're they're examined by um, a certified mechanic, and they all have to have low mileage and they have to be a recent model year and again each manufacturer has different standards for that but on average they're under 70,000 miles and they're typically five years old or newer. So these are cars that are backed by the specific manufacturer that you can purchase for um, you know a um, for more than, you know, what a
0: typical used car, and you get the added protection of an extended warranty with it. Great, I see. Julie, I think that that would be a great uh, place to um, to thank you for your time, and, and you have uh-huh. vast knowledge, and I, I actually, I just can't wait to dig in further into the site. I've, we've been kind of scrolling through it, um, as we're speaking to you, but there's some stuff I didn't see l- late last night when I was looking for the first time, so I, mm-hmm. I can't wait to dig in and look at some of the other that's surveys. So um, That's
1: great to hear. So, you, and even <clears throat> anything you come across, if you have, you know, if there's any questions you have or any additional information, I'd be happy to send it to you.
0: Great. We want to thank uh, Julie Blackley of the Communications Manager for iccars.com. Uh, for her time today and, and all about the depreciation of cars, it's an important thing, of course, when you're considering buying a, a car and we, I, I kind of consider that it's a it's a very important um, component into buying a car and, and some people don't, but it's a va- the, the website is a vast um, area for all kinds of depreciation surveys and as you mentioned, a new one coming up uh, on a certified uh, previously owned vehicle. So thank you again, Julie and we really appreciate uh, your being a guest on the weekly driver podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, it was a pleasure.
0: Okay, take care now. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Weekly Driver Podcast receives support from americantrucks.com, your late model Silverado, Sierra, Ram, and F-150 online aftermarket retailer, bringing you all of the hottest parts from accessories to lift kits, from wheels to tires and winches. americantrucks.com has the knowledge and know-how to make your wildest dreams come to reality.